award-winning Tennessee Wildcast is on the air with the latest on hunting, fishing, boating, wildlife watching, and all things outdoors. Make welcome your host, drummer and outdoor expert novice, Jason Harmon. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this edition of Tennessee Wildcast. Thanks for tuning in. we got a great show lined up for you today. We are back at the Holston General Store at the Morristown office, uh, and we have the man who... You said it was his vision for this Holston General storefront here. Uh, it was kind of a shared vision. Shared but vision. Dan took it to the stratosphere, in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yes, uh, here at Morristown Office, got a nice little display uh, of an uh, old country storefront, and uh, it kind of takes you back into time. And uh, it's a, a great addition here to the uh, Hunter Education Room and other things that go on here at at the regional office, but uh, Mr. Dan Gibbs is with us. He's the bear program coordinator, and Janelle Musser is the black bear support biologist. And uh, she's new to the agency, so we'll get to know her today. And uh, should be a fun conversation. Appreciate you guys being here. Thank you. Thank you. This show's all about bears. If you haven't already figured it out, um, it's uh, good timing too. I believe uh, a lot going on with bears out there. Bears are active right now and doing some things they shouldn't, <laughs> and people doing some things they shouldn't. So we're going to talk about all that today. And uh, but first, I want to uh, meet these folks. So Janelle, would you mind jumping in and let us know a little bit about you and uh, tell us how you got to TWRA? And we're glad to have you for sure. Yeah, thank you. So I am from Pennsylvania, born and raised, and that's where I kind of started working with bears, mainly bear research in Pennsylvania. They've got a lot of bears up there. And then eventually worked my way to Virginia and then Florida and, and now Tennessee. So a wow. little bit of other species here and there, but mainly focused on bears. Cool, cool. Yeah. So was Tennessee your destination or just kind of how it happened? Just kind of how it happened. Uh, Florida was, you know, great, but I realized I'm much more of a mountains person than a beach person. So yeah. the goal was definitely to get back to the mountains and, and the woods. I awesome. think people are surprised to know that there are bears in Florida. Talk about the Florida black bear. Yeah, so there's a, there's a lot of bears in Florida. They extend pretty much from the Panhandle all the way down to around the Everglades and stuff. So there's a lot of bears. There's a lot of people. So, and, and they're just like other bears. Just like the bears in Tennessee, they have a lot of the same behavior, a lot of the same characteristics in biology. They just live in Florida. Wow. So, so is it the black bear? It is, it is the black bear. It's, it's a subspecies, but overall, they're pretty much the same bear. They yeah. still do the same behavior. So they're still doing the same thing right now in the fall that bears in Tennessee are doing. They're eating acorns. They're trying to bulk up for winter and that kind of stuff. So. Cool. Well, I think great fit. Good, good choice, Dan. Uh, yeah. Hiring We're very happy. Yeah, so she's got some experience all over the board. That's that's awesome, and she fits in real well. I know you're glad to have some help. Yeah. Uh, Dan, introduce yourself there and let everybody know if they haven't met you before or right. seen you on the show. Dan Gibbs, I'm a Tennessee native, grew up in Middle Tennessee, and uh, been with the agency. I'm on my 26th year now, and virtually all of that career has been in East Tennessee in Region 4 and been working with bears one way or the other from day one mm -hmm. and um, about two years ago the agency did some restructuring and transitioned from regional biologist to the prayer program leader for the state then still live in east tennessee live in green county and uh, have no desire to be anywhere else <laughs> so and he you know talking about this store dan took several log cabins apart and built his current home out of those pieces so he's a multi-talented 
individual and his his house is really neat he took yeah. me up there and let me see it wow he's constructing it that's cool so. yeah uh well if it's anything like this little storefront he created here it's gotta be pretty cool and the the this is an old corn crib from lick, off creek. Lick, lick creek wma yes that is our uh our chair and table shed you wouldn't know it on the outside it looks like a trapper cabin but yeah that's what we use that for so he's, just, he's got great vision and, and the skills to put it into play yeah well if you haven't uh, visited morristown office come by and check it out it's mm. pretty cool a little stop uh the ladies up front and and the guys and gals who work here would love to talk to you and meet you Got the best staff in the state, I'm convinced. <laughs> Pretty good. It's up there. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you can't be partial, can you? Talking to a Nashville guy. Uh, I'm always excited to get east or come east because it's. Uh, I grew up uh, out this way and I enjoy coming back home. So, where is home for Jason Harmon? Yeah, Decatur, Decatur, Tennessee, down uh, just south of Knoxville, north of Chattanooga. So, and a diehard Vol fan. Go Big Orange. Yes, GBO, and it's a. Uh, going well this season so all right well let's jump into uh the recent conference you guys just went to all three of you got to go and yeah what did you bring back it was the human bear conflict workshop correct right well, what's some of the stuff that that stood out there that, that y'all brought back with you well i'll just say this is the third one of these that i've attended the first one was in montana and uh we came back with a lot of new things for the state of Tennessee from that meeting, some things that we're still using today. Uh, the Bearwise program was pretty much conceived uh, at the uh, that conflicts workshop in Montana. So a lot of good things come out of that. And then in uh, the last one was actually hosted by the agency in the Smoky Mountains National Park That's right, in yep. Gatlinburg. And then this one uh, got delayed with the covid issues for a couple of years and it was held uh last week in in tahoe in nevada so uh for me being the third one uh you know you're still getting a lot of good information but it's it's a little different perspective because it's your first time i'd be interested to hear what janelle says because it was the first time she attended that meeting but the thing about it's nice is you're seeing people from all over the country uh and all over the world actually that are dealing with the exact same issues, whether it be uh, sloth bears in Asia or grizzly bears in Canada or up in the uh, Montana and Wyoming to polar bears. They're all, we're all dealing with the same issues. So it's, it's, it's a little bit of a, a shot in the arm to talk with other people dealing with the same kinds of things because it helps you realize you're not you're not kind of stranded on an island. Mm -hmm. uh, the same types of things that, that we deal with here in East Tennessee and in our gateway communities, they're dealing with and around Lake Tahoe and California and Nevada. And so it's good to be able to talk to those people and, and you get some new ideas, you get some fresh ideas, you get encouragement, uh, you, you meet people that, at, you know, right now it's, it's just the introduction and, and you've exchanged phone numbers, but five years down the road, it could be a great contact to really help you out a lot in, in a specific situation that you're dealing with. So, but you also see successes that other people had too. And the thing you got to learn, you got to understand about bears <clears throat> is you're in it for the long haul. There's not going to be overnight, there, there are overnight successes, but at, overall, it, it takes many, many years. And we saw some some work that you know are beginning their third decade on programs that have been very successful but it takes a long time to get buy-in from the community uh the funding is always a challenge uh, but overall it's, it's a great meeting you come back pretty enthusiastic about 
what the future is and see that hey you know we're we're fighting a hard battle but it's not a losing battle good. and we'll get there good to so, get back in person too yeah. and, and those networking absolutely it's great yeah it's great to get those phone numbers and understand how what what people are struggling with just like you and right but to see you know and that was one of the fun you know to see people that i haven't you know i've been zoom is zoom <laughs> and but to be with your friends and 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 that's the best part about this job but it's also the hardest part is working with people all across the country uh and, and having those interactions, but you don't get to see them that often. So when you get to see them and sit down and have conversations about things other than bears, it's really nice. Mm-hmm. And, and you get to know them and, and help uh, create those those relationships that, that last a long time. So it was a great meeting. Cool. And uh, really do. It's my favorite. By far, those are the three best conferences I've ever been to, those three conflict conferences. Wow. Well, Janelle, what, what, your, what were your thoughts? I know Matt... You got to go to the one here when we hosted, but you got to go to this one as well. What, what were y'all's, y'all's thoughts about? Yeah, so I think, you know, bears bears have been bears. They've been kind of similar. And so there was a big emphasis at this conference of, you know, but people have changed. People are living in a lot of different environments. They're taking more vacations than ever. So people have changed. They've changed their actions a lot. And a lot of this was focused on how do we successfully message that information about bears to people. So that was really, really interesting. And, and how do we, you know, as state employees learn to care for those people as well and, and get their perspectives on things so that we can actually relate to them and, and get that information out about bears successfully. Mm-hmm. So that was really good. And like Dan said, it was great to reconnect. Um, I got to reconnect with old coworkers since I've worked in different places. And sure. and that was great and see how things have changed in their programs and, and what's working with them since I've left and how they've changed things and stuff. So mm-hmm. that was really good too, to see some of those changes and see if, if we're doing the same thing in Tennessee, if we're doing something different, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Always good to come back with some new ideas and, and, and rehash out the old ones and, and refresh. Um, well, there's been some recent events here in, uh, uh, in the area in East Tennessee. And, uh, you know, we didn't really plan on talking about this today till it happened. So, uh, Maybe we touch on some of the recent events that happened and kind of what's going on there. And I don't know who wants to jump in there and lead that. I'll just say it was a fitting welcome home from a human bear conflict workshop and what all transpired. Um, Dan, being the the coordinator, I'll probably let him tell the story. But it's it's a it's a reminder when we hit the ground here. This is a real issue and it's an ongoing issue and it's always going to be around just through the number of of people that visit um, areas around the park uh, in Sevier County and stay up there and just to do the number of, of black bears that we have we're going to have interactions between bears and humans and one thing I learned from the the conference is to not refer to them as problem bears and nuisance bears it puts the ownership back on us as humans for creating these conditions that uh, habituate bears mm-hmm. so that's that's the biggest takeaway I got but I'll let Dan jump in and tell what happened. So there was a true conflict here in Tennessee that we've had to deal Correct. with. Correct. Yeah, and, and I'll give the details, but Janelle was on site. I was not on site, but Matt said when you, you get back and you hit the ground, I mean, that's literally, Janelle hit the ground, got out of the airplane, got in her truck at the airport, and got the call. Hmm. So uh, basically, you know, gentleman was in a rental cabin and uh, – I'm still not sure if he was up moving and heard noise or heard the noise woke him. But either way, he went into the kitchen area to investigate a noise. And uh, it's completely dark, so he did not see the bear until it actually had uh, jumped 
towards him and swatted him across the face and on the head and then wow. he turned to run to get away and it got he got scratched across the back and uh got in the bedroom shut the door and called 911 so that's the the gist of the story and uh you know, Janelle can jump in here if she wants to add any details, and I'll let her do that real quick. But that's the result of, obviously, some other things that uh, have happened prior to this uh, that we really want to focus on more than we do the incident itself. But I don't know if Janelle has anything else she wants to add about the actual incident <clears throat> other than the bear we have caught. So. Yeah, I would just say, too, that it, it's very fast. Bears are fast, and so I think sometimes there's... um people underestimate bears because they are seen so frequently, especially black bears, and they want to see them. So they underestimate the speed that bears have and the strength that bears have. Mm. Um, and this incident is an example of that, that they are beautiful, majestic creatures, and you should respect them because they also have this extreme speed and extreme strength. And unfortunately, this person had to bear the brunt of that. Yeah. It you know, being surprised, it's in it's in a cabin. That begs the question: How did it come inside? <laughs> yeah. How did this man encounter this bear inside a cabin? Yeah, right. And so, you know, we are not aware. We're double checking our our call system and everything, but we <clears throat> are not aware of any real incidents out in that area this mm -hmm. year that we've been made aware of. Uh, you know, the the folks Janelle and the officers that work that area. Normally, they know where they've been this summer. They know where the hot spots have been, and this isn't hasn't been one of them. But we know that a bear just doesn't wake up and decide to enter a cabin either. That's not normal behavior. That's not what you expect out of a bear. And uh, so uh, th this bear is obviously uh, attracted to that cabin either through trash smell of food uh could be cooking but at the end of the day what what happens in these scenarios is these bears they get into trash they a lot of them are fed people are tossing them a little piece of bacon or a hot dog or something oh it's just one little thing it's not going to hurt anything but it builds up over time and it builds up over time and very rarely is the person that ends up getting injured responsible for what's happened right. and there's no evidence that we have found that indicates that this family did anything wrong regarding feeding the bear placing food or anything they were just down there trying to have a good time mm -hmm. and so now based on people making attractants available to this bear and other bears in the area we have a gentleman that's got scars on his face that he'll carry around for the rest of his life and we have a bear that's been euthanized mm. And all of it can be avoided yeah. by people being responsible. And you can't just give a bear one little piece of chicken or one little this or that and, and, and not think that you're responsible for the ultimate uh, thing that happens. Mm -hmm. so, uh, so we just encourage our people. We, we want uh, to see people visit East Tennessee. We want them to enjoy themselves. We want them to see bears. But we want them to see them in our natural state and not as a habituated animal that's eating garbage and has no fear of people because that's not a natural bear and that's not what you want to to see so uh everybody has to do their part as we talked earlier before this is the pay it forward attitude you got to pay it forward because you know when they went in that cabin that night they had no idea what kind of activity could have been going on prior to them being there right no, no indication whatsoever 
and from what I'm gathering on this door, well, I'm not sure, I wasn't there, but if you know how French doors work, usually uh, one door locks either and the floor or the ceiling or both, and the second door locks into that door. Uh, so if that door isn't locked properly or if it isn't functioning, it's really easy. You can just take your hand and push it inward, and the whole system is going to open. Hmm. So uh, that's likely what happened. And um, Bears, so, uh, they're smart. They're smart animals. They've found their way into cars, into absolutely. opening doors. They they figure out how to open trash cans. Um, so you got to be you got to be smarter than the bear. You got to you know lock your doors, lock the trash cans, use the trash cans the way they're supposed to be used. Right. Don't feed those bears. Yeah. We're, I wrote it here on the paper. We always talk about it. don't feed and pick up your trash. I mean, well, and, and that's the key. You know, I said, well, I don't feed the bears. And we have what we call two types of feeding, intentional and unintentional. Mm -hmm. Intentional is easy. It's the things that I've already mentioned, you know, throwing them food. But this unintentional feeding is really the, the bulk of the issue is, you know, Take the time to put that little hass back on that trash can when you put it in there. If that trash can is full of trash, do not put more in there because it, you know, if the lid's not closing, instead of just turning around and walking off, maybe you should take a little bit of the trash out of there mm. so the lid does lock and then find somewhere else to put the trash or call the, if it's a rental, call the people and say, hey, the trash can's full. Uh, but people have got to be proactive and be more responsible or we're going to continue to see these kinds of tragedies happen and i'm thinking even about like your grills i mean you're, you're grilling a hot dog and it rolls off well don't leave it don't you know go pick it up and throw it away because i mean that's that's in, un, you know not intentionally doing it but right there you've done it you fed that bear right, and people i mean even dumping grease people do it all the time yeah, yeah they yeah. they dump grease outside i mean no you don't want to pour it down the drain it'll clog your drain up but put it in a can let it cool down Put it in the trash can and then dispose of the trash properly. Do not put any kind of food source or food waste. I mean, don't even throw potato peels out hmm. in the woods. You just can't do that around here. Yeah, well, you can't you, do it. You do that at home, which may not be bear country, and you just don't think about it when you come up here, too. It's, right. Yeah. It'd be hard. And I think, you know, a lot of people, they, they think that, you know, oh, it's so sad that the bear was killed, and it is. And I think that that's important to note. It's, it's okay to be sad about that. I'm sad about that. Nobody wants to do that as part of this job. And that that's the worst part of it is, is having to do that. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, if, if you care about bears and, and you want to keep seeing bears and stuff like that, do these little things. Go that little extra step. Make sure, do your education when you go to anywhere to mm -hmm. recreate. Are there black bears here? How should I how should I secure my food? How do you camp properly? You know, it, it's all these little things, and that information is out there. And ask those questions. Do your research so that you're prepared to know how to do these little things. Because right. I think a lot of times people don't do it intentionally. Even when they are intentionally feeding a bear, they're not thinking, oh, this is going to lead to a bad thing where a person could get hurt or this bear could be killed. But if you do that research, you do that education, you'll learn that and you'll realize quickly those little extra steps you can take to to save a person and a bear. Yeah. Well, you talk about education. Bearwise is a, a great program that you were instrumental in helping get started and, and now it's a it's a in thirty something states. 30, yeah. Thirty three. State, you know, across the country, people are using this program, and it's and and you see this when you go to the mountains and you stay in a cabin or you, you're around these areas. You see the signage, you see the the commercials, you see all this.
posted and on the refrigerators yeah. that I've stayed in and in and around yeah. Gatlinburg and Pigeon Forge. There's the magnet on the fridge. The word is getting out, I think, pretty well here yeah. in East Tennessee, but we're not reaching every person. I think it's impossible to reach right. every person. So that's the challenge for us is yeah. when the Griswolds come in every weekend to stay in the cabin is getting them to do the right thing. And that's hard to do when you have 14 million people coming to the park every year. That's just the park. Yeah, you know, we mention. know there are a lot, there are millions of people that come into these gateway communities and don't even set foot in the park. Uh, yeah. So, you yep. know, peak weekends, you're looking at quarter million, 300,000 people or more come in on Friday evening, they leave Sunday afternoon, and then Friday afternoon you start all over again. Yep. And they're not coming, yeah, a lot of them are coming from East Tennessee, but they're coming from Chicago, they're coming from Indianapolis, they're coming from Atlanta. They're coming, I think people would be amazed how far folks travel to get to East Tennessee to spend a weekend. It's pretty pretty amazing. And, and they certainly, a lot of these places, do not have any idea at all about what to do with bears regarding bears. So a lot of the responsibility comes back on uh, the companies that are renting out cabins, renting out apartments, uh, renting out hotel rooms, whatever it may be, is getting that information to those people. And we're really trying to work hard to to make folks aware of the information that is available on BearWise, that they can get get their people there. And But it's just, it's a constant battle. And when you're doing educational stuff, you just got to keep hammering because people have to see it multiple times. Mm-hmm. Now, all the research says, I think it's seven times you got to see something before you really remember it. Uh, so the, I, a big part of BearWise is about saturation mm-hmm. and brand recognition. And, uh, and hopefully a lot of the places that they do come from uh, that they do have bears, say, in, in North Carolina, you know, North Carolina uses the BearWise program. So people from North Carolina, when they see that information, they know what it means. They're familiar with it right. uh, and know what's expected of them. So that's a big part of that program, too, is consistent messaging across the entire uh, range of the black bear. And that's uh, BearWise.org, right? Yes. .org. So go check that out, BearWise.org. And uh, it made me think about campers, too. I mean, you got your people pulling in their RVs and their Tra- uh, travel trailers and most of your cooking is outdoors mm-hmm. or you know if you're in a tent you know you're outside all the time so right. yeah there's to think about there too right and there's information on bearwise.org about hanging food if you're camping in a tent you know if you're in a hard side camper you're okay but if it's a a, a pop-up with a soft top you need to be either storing food in a vehicle with a hard top yeah, or yeah. Uh, or hanging that food and out lock of that the door. Yeah. <laughs> you you got to lock them. the doors every time. You got to lock them. What well, is the fall and bears are gearing up for winter denning. So talk about issues that people may encounter right now. Yeah, so bears are they're eating more than ever right now. They're gearing up for that time when there's going to be a food shortage when it's cold. And one of the big things that is key, especially if you're a homeowner in bear country, is making sure that you're checking your crawl spaces and making sure they're secure. We've had several times in Tennessee bears that decide to den under there. It, it makes a nice place. And to them, they don't realize that it's any different than any other ground den that they might decide to choose. So especially if it's an area that's not used that much, people maybe aren't out around their house as much when it gets colder that could be a place for bears to to decide to den so if you have those check them make sure they're secured that kind of thing try to prevent that bear from doing that and and i'll add you know some people think well that'd be kind of cool to have a bear denning under my house (laughs) well i can tell you from the couple that i've been in to to deal with 
uh, they can cause some pretty substantial damage Definitely. under there. Uh, we had one last year, a lot of insulation damage, and I'm not sure. I'm not sure why the bear did it, but it chewed through three or four of the floor joists almost to the point where it went. There was one; it was within a half an inch of going completely through the entire floor joist. So Whoa. there was some significant structural damage to that home. Uh, as a result of that bear denning under the house so uh even if you do it for no other reason to keep your house from getting tore up uh, <laughs> make sure there's a door over over the crawl space and make sure you've got a lock on it or you got a couple of screws in there that keep that door in place so they can't knock it down and uh it, it what attracts them there is it's a big open area and there's a little bitty hole that they got to crawl through to get in there Got so like it's, a re or a it's den, replicating yeah. a, a ground den or a cave and uh, -oh. uh but a good idea too the calories are really a big deal right now and uh, uh i've got some numbers here uh, just kind of give an idea so when you think about the primary food that they're, they're utilizing and we have a lot of acorns this year so it's a good year for acorns one pound of acorns has just a little over two thousand calories uh and then you compare that to one pound of bird seed of black oil sunflower, which is a very popular seed that people use. It's about 2,500 calories. So mm. the amount of calories is not that much higher, but it's the ease of gathering. You think about how long it would take you to, to gather a pound of acorns versus walking up to a bird feeder that's probably got not maybe a pound, but maybe two or three pounds of mm. bird seed. So now you're talking about six seven thousand calories easy meal it's an easy meal and then you get into this some of these food things such as uh pizza you know a slice of pizza almost 400 calories don't and, remind uh, me. and uh, <laughs> you know i mentioned the bacon grease and i said don't be pouring your bacon grease out a half a cup of bacon grease is almost a thousand calories so uh these these food sources dog food is another big one it's just such an easy meal mm. and and they right now a bear all they're about is getting fat reserves for the winter and so they, they just can't pass it up and then they get used to it and then they that just falls into the summer and everything else so if you got bird feeders out you need to get them down wait till uh december i mean the birds really don't need the bird seed uh they really don't That's i mean they tip, yeah. birds have been uh, getting along for a long, long time without people putting bird feed out. <laughs> yeah. I know a lot of people be mad at me for saying that, but they really don't need it. Yeah. But, um, well, and that's a perfect comparison exactly. to these bears don't need your bird feeder either. They don't need your trash either. Exactly. Mm. They're yeah. not starving. No. It's it's that ease. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, we've covered a lot, and there's a lot more we could cover. Uh, bears are moving. The rain, the hunting ranges and, and areas are we'll talk expanding. about the hunting zones real quick. Yeah, yeah just real zones. quickly. You know, we opened up a lot of new area to bear hunting this year, and actually uh, that area closed on Friday, and it only added four bears to the harvest, so most of those counties did not harvest bear. Okay. Claiborne and Campbell each harvested two, but our harvest is up 10% overall for the year. So it's it's up, and uh, uh, and. We'll just have to do another show because we didn't get hardly anything covered. <laughs> well, we can do that. We always love coming <laughs> and talking well. with you guys. And it was great to meet you, Janelle. I know folks uh, enjoy hearing your story and get to know you. And we'll have you on many more times, I'm sure, as we Thank uh, you. move along. Um, bears are not going anywhere, so we'll talk about them. Matt, thank you. Always. Dan, thank you. Thank you. Janelle, thanks. And uh, we'll... See you next time with more info. Remember tnwildlife.org for anything hunting and fishing in Tennessee. Go Outdoors Tennessee to buy your license. Shop.gooutdoorstennessee to get a hat like mine if you're a Wildcast supporter. 
We'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in. Stay connected with TWRA by visiting our website at tnwildlife.org and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Hey, it's all about Tennessee wildlife. It's what we do. Tennessee Wildcast will be on the air again next week. We'll see you then.